get focused on America in Bible prophecy. Um, now, I've taught on this before, uh, off and on, uh, through the years, um, and um, it's part of our last day series uh, that we've been uh, focused on now for really, gosh, I, really since about January. And you should have a you should have a 14B outline, and that outline kind of picks up uh, from where we we did talk about uh, earlier. You remember we talked about um, why study these things. You know, we looked at all of that, and then we got down to what about America? And we talked about America's historical rise as the most powerful empire ever, uh, and our moral and cultural decline. We talked about that. What led to that? Well, abandoning God, 63 is a reflection. Abortion, some of those sorts of things, aberrant sexual behavior. And then distancing uh, ourselves from uh, Israel. There have been those who've uh, at least tried to get us to distance ourselves from Israel. And so uh, our text, you see, will, will, won't come until uh, later parts of the outline. But uh, to understand America and um, America's place in Bible prophecy, uh, you've got to understand that America's future is tied to something. And America's future, future, I fully believe, is directly connected to its relationship with Israel. Um, you know, the Bible says this, uh, I will bless the... To, to, God said to Israel, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Um, and America's future is tied uh, to uh, Israel and how we treat Israel. Uh, now, regardless of whether you like the current president or not, one thing he has, has is he has elevated the prominence of Israel. He has recognized uh, their, their rightful position. And which has made him uh, 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 an enemy to many of those who, frankly, were already didn't like him. But it exacerbated that a bit. But America's future is tied to Israel. I think it is safe to say that um, the favor that America has experienced in large part uh, has been because it saw itself at its formation as kind of a new Israel. You do know that. We don't have time to talk about that, but also from its founding forward, America, uh, especially into the 20th century, was the only nation that affirmed Israel. In fact, um, uh, America, even um, uh, Truman and some of these who uh, said America needs to support Israel, even their own cabinet told them not to do it. And yet there was something and some reason that uh, a couple leaders said, no, we're going, to, uh, we're going to support Israel. And that leads to um, uh, three things that I want to talk about. First of all, Israel's rebirth in 1948 is what we call prophetically a super sign. That's the super sign. Above all the other signs, you know, you hear people talking about, well, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen. The Bible clearly said, the prophets clearly wrote that, that one day God would gather, regather his people in their land. In 1948, 
Israel came back together as a nation, having been scattered all over the world. And they reformed in 1948 as a nation. And America blessed Israel uh, from, from, you might say, Truman, President Truman, to, to Reagan. Um, and I, I put that in the wrong place. Put that in the other blank up there. Y'all see what I'm talking about? Truman to Reagan. America blesses them. They stick with them, stand behind them. Uh, and then the third thing I'd mention to you is America uh, pressures Israel from Bush 41 to Obama. And you, you may say, oh, did, did, uh, did um, President Bush pressure? Actually, he did. He pressured them to... Uh, to give up land and that was theirs and to stop uh, certain um, uh, boundary issues that uh, related to their existence and those kinds of things. So actually, yes, and from Bush 41 on through Obama, there was pressure put upon Israel to uh, acquiesce certain parts of the nation to the Palestinians. And... Uh, and so uh, there, there was pressure there, pressure to give up land for peace. And that's particularly telling now because we've recently seen none of that happen, and yet now peace treaties starting to, to happen, meaning that didn't have to happen. But there was pressure in these latter administrations to say Israel just... Uh, by the way, um, just just make peace. So give up what you need to give up to get peace. Uh, Israel wouldn't do that. And by the way, we sometimes refer to Palestinians. You know, Palestinian is a relatively new term, and it was uh, actually a term it w that did not represent a political, I mean, it represented a political faction, not uh, as much an ethnic fa uh, faction. Does that make sense? Um, Palestinians are generally uh, Arabs uh, in ethnicity, but, um, but this was not, um, uh, they weren't like uh, an ethnic people. Arabs are an ethnic people. Palestinians were more of a political faction that formed and has been treated as if they are uh, 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 ethnically connected, uh, and that there are Arabs and there are Palestinians and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, so there was pressure to give up land for peace and then to make a peace treaty uh, with Palestinians and with Hamas. And by the way, Yasser Arafat, while he was alive, he would talk about wanting peace and then secretly behind the scenes, Arafat would uh, say, we will never... We will never uh, make peace unless they give us all of Jerusalem. We want all of Jerusalem. And so uh, America's future is tied to Israel. That's why I say uh, to you and have said many times before, uh, 
keep your eyes on Israel. And uh, I would say to you, as believers in Christ, because we know what the Bible teaches, that we, uh, we want to stay uh, connected to Israel. Now, I did not just say Israel is uh, uh, guiltless. I didn't just say that they don't do anything wrong. There have been some, not a lot over the years, who have taught, well, Israel is automatically saved because they're Israel. That's not biblical either. They have a responsibility to Christ like we do. They're not going to be perfect people. They don't get a pass just because they're Israel. All right? So don't misunderstand. Israel has certain responsibilities, but always come down on the side of Israel. All right, if you know your Bible, uh, because you know uh, the entire story. Now, so what are some of the factors that affect America's prophetic future? And I want to talk with you about that for the next um, uh, probably couple of weeks. The first uh, is the coming Middle East war from the north. Ezekiel 38, 39, talk about this war. It's uh, uh, spoken of there. Uh, This war has often been uh, misunderstood to uh, be the Battle of Armageddon. This is not the Battle of Armageddon. This is a war that happens before the tribulation. And so um, a a lot of folks have misunderstood and thought, oh, this has to be the Battle of Armageddon. It is not, but it is a big-time uh, war. And um, it's coming from the north. Uh, Russia will be a part of that. Uh, there will be a, a um, conglomerate of nations that uh, uh, chapter 38 and 39 uh, uh, talk about. And um, consequently, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pull in uh, all of the nations, not necessarily militarily, but it's going to pull them in, in fact, in the sense that they're going to be affected. Does that make sense? They're going to be affected. It's the Middle East. Um, the, the, the first the, the thing you need to understand then is this is not Armageddon. Then I would say um, that this um, formation of this coalition is important. Because now here's an interesting thing, especially in light of what we're hearing about uh, these recent uh, treaties, the United Arab Emirates has made a peace treaty with Israel, uh, and a couple of other nations have made a peace treaty. Uh, if you paid a close attention, the administration, this administration has said there may be, before it's all over, as many as 22 other Arab nations that form a peace treaty with Israel. Uh, a lot of that, I think I've told you, is a response to our um, Iran. They are spooked at Iran. Iran is the Middle East renegade. They don't really even care for other uh, uh, Middle Eastern or Arab nations. And so uh, they do have some military might, consequently, and potentially they have nuclear weapons. And so the other nations have begun to realize we need a, we need a strong coalition here to withstand uh, any kind of aggressive moves that Iran may make toward other uh, uh, Arab nations. And so they're willing to partner with Israel. And Israel, of course, would be willing to partner with them. Uh, Iran has said in the past that it would would wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And that's the only way they'll be satisfied. 
Amindirajad, if you remember him when he was uh, in uh, 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 leadership there, said that um, the only uh, way to deal with um, Israel is through annihilation. And uh, that they need, and by the way, you do understand Islam believes there is a 12th, what they call Imam, who is coming, and he is to them the Messiah. And that part of what will initiate the, their uh, Islamic Messiah or this 12th Imam, what will initiate his re, uh, return is through a, a Middle East war of epic proportions. In other words, if they can create a war, that that will help usher in their Mahdi. So Israel, of course, has always been on, on guard, and uh, certainly uh, there were some spooky things that occurred in Iran in the past uh, 10 years where we uh, essentially looked the other way and let Russia become their ally. That had never happened in history, by the way. Russia and Iran, they had always been enemies. Suddenly they become uh, partners, and uh, there are reasons, I believe, for that related to oil and other things, and Russia's economy and needing some uh, access to uh, the oil industry, those kinds of things. But um, they'll be a part of that northern coalition. But not everybody in the Middle East will, as Ezekiel uh, uh, teaches us. And so, um, but that coalition will come together to come against uh, Israel. Then the next thing I would mention to you is Israel's invasion, this invasion that's going to happen uh, by the northern coalition. They'll come together. I think they'll find an excuse. If you want to know the honest truth, I think they're going to find an excuse uh, for um, uh, attacking Israel. Uh, and here's, here's just a, a potential um, idea. I think it has some merit. Um, Russia, um, Ru the Russian economy is still teetering on bankruptcy. They have no access to what we call warm water ports to get, get uh, to do trade, but also to get uh, oil and uh, gas in and out. Israel, by the way, has found new gas reserves that uh, are incredible. And uh, you, you've noticed, if you've been watching, Russia's been slowly moving down. Have y'all noticed that in the last decade? Uh, you, uh, the Ukraine, but also uh, in Syria. And uh, they now have air bases in Syria from which to operate. Now, I'm just giving you the facts. When we could have stopped it, we didn't. This is a scenario, part of the scenario. Uh, by the way, Syria used gas on their own people uh, to kill them. And you remember in the previous administration, the president said, here's a red line, and if you cross the red line, we're stepping in. Well, they crossed the red line, and we backed up and drew another line and said, if you go this far, we're stepping in. And they did, and we said, because they knew we wouldn't do anything at that uh, at that juncture. And so Russia, Russia has kept a tyrant in office there, a puppet really, that they can control. So the scenario might play out something like this that initiates this war. Russia and this coalition of these other nations, which we'll talk about in another setting, but as they uh, come down, 
uh, they'll come down. They'll have to be provoked. They'll have to have a reason. Here is a possible reason. Israel is not going to allow Iran to deploy nuclear weapons. And my guess is Israel knows where they are in the stage of development. Uh, the Mossad is probably the best intelligence agency in the world. Israel uh, is not going to, they know the threat. The threat has come several times. We were going to wipe Israel out. Israel, you can be certain, knows what the capabilities of Iran is. Now, um, it hasn't been unlike them to do a preemptive strike some years ago, back in the 80s, if you remember, and they took out some development plants at that time, and they flew their planes in, they got in, destroyed them, got out. Um, and um, it would not surprise me if Iran is now aggressively again developing nukes that Israel finally says at some point in time we're going to go in to, and to destroy and destroy these uh, uh, essentially these refiners for nuclear fuel that are used to uh, to build the nuclear uh, weapons. Um, there is already speculation that some of the nuclear power plants that have been built are front plants for weapon uh, development. Russia has been enabling this uh, to form this kind of um, comradeship, you might say. And so uh, it would not surprise me for Israel to say, we're going to take out their capabilities. Does that make sense? And Russia then say, says, wait a minute, they're our ally. And if you've attacked them, you've attacked us. Now, go back to what I said. I didn't spend a lot of time there, but Russia has been looking for a reason for decades to invade Israel. <clears throat> um, let me give you one more thing, and then I'm going to give you some. Uh, the devastation of the Northern Coalition. Now, we're going to stop there, because, but I want to give you something before, uh, before we do. <clears throat> I'll come back to that uh, next week. But how serious is the threat to, uh, to Israel about these things? Well, let's talk. Listen to some quotes from around the world. Um, Dor Gold said, and he's the author of The Flight for Jerusalem, um, uh, and a former Israeli ambassador to the United States, and he said, At the apocalyptic end of days, mainstream Muslims envision that a great armed jihad will result in the subjugation of the entire world to Islam. Uh, Jerome Corsi, the author of Atomic Iran, said, Hitler revealed in Mein Kampf that he intended to commit genocide on the Jews of Germany. He communicated his true intentions. If only to those who knew how to listen to disturbed personalities believed him at the time, well, so too the mullahs who rule Iran have clearly been telling the world that they intend to use their missiles upon Israel when they have their nuclear capabilities. Um, Frank Gaffney, the author of War Footing, he said, Putin, Putin's Russia has shown itself willing to facilitate 
Iranian nuclear ambitions, especially in light of the mullahs' stated willingness to share their nuclear technology with other Islamic countries uh, and in order to create a time bomb uh, to be aimed at uh, Israel. Uh, and again, I mentioned uh, one of the uh, former ayatollahs of Iran uh, who said that the only solution to the region is the destruction of Israel and that the armed confrontation must expand beyond Gaza. Uh, one top defense official said this, no one can prevent nuclear Iran. The Iranians see themselves as being at the forefront of the battle against the heretics. They believe that salvation will come only when the war of Gog and Magog, that's Ezekiel 38 and 39, and they believe now is the time for it. Graham Allison, who is the director of Harvard University's uh, uh, Belfair Center for Science and International Affairs, uh, says, or asks the question, is the nuclear megaterrorism inevitable? Harvard professors are known for being subtle or, amb or ambiguous, but I'll try to be as clear as possible, he said. Is the worst yet to come? My answer is, bet on it. And you remember Charles Krauthammer, uh, many of you do, uh, who's dead now, but he said, it is not a matter of if Israel attacks Iran because of its nuclear pursuit. It is a matter of when. Um, the invasion prep... Uh, you can be certain is going on. Listen to this. Let me read this to you. Uh, it says, since the times of Tsar Peter the Great, uh, Russian leaders have uh, had their eyes on Central Asia and the Near East. And for nearly half of the 20th century, Moscow armed Israel's enemies and encouraged them to attack and destroy the Jewish state. But now a full, fuller and more disturbing picture is emerging. Previously classified White House, CIA, and State Department documents, as well as interviews with top U.S. and Israeli leaders and historians, reveal that Moscow has on more than one occasion planned a direct Russian invasion of Israel. And then they give an example. For example, in the summer of 1982... Then-Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin went public with a story that prior to that time had been known only to the upper echelons of Israeli and U.S. military intelligence. The Israeli Defense Forces, he explained, had uncovered a secret but massive cache of Soviet weaponry in deep underground cellars and tunnels in Lebanon that had caught him and his top advisors completely off guard. The weapons appear to have been pre-positioned by Moscow for a launching of a full-scale invasion of Israel and the oil-rich nations of the Middle East. Listen to the size of this cache that Israel had placed there in Lebanon. Begin said that Israel found 10 times more Russian weapons than he previously had reported. The haul, he told reporters, included 4,000 tons of ammunition, 144 armored vehicles and tanks, 12,500 pieces of small arms, 515 heavy, heavy weapons, 359 sophisticated communication devices, and 795 optical instruments, including night vision goggles and field glasses. 
It was enough, Begin believed, to equip, equip at least five Russian combat brigades, and it required, listen to this, according to one report, a fleet of 10-ton trucks working day and night for six weeks to haul all of it back to Israel. And um, so the, the, the Middle East is the epicenter. And the fact is that uh, you can anticipate what Ezekiel 38 and 39 talks about, as we'll look at uh, more in detail uh, in the next few weeks. But it, you can imagine that what the prophet is talking about is exactly what we've already seen uh, preparation being made for. And that war is important. You say, isn't this about America? You've got to understand this war if you want to understand where America is in Bible uh, prophecy. So uh, that's kind of a lead-in. Next week, we'll, we'll talk about these seven prophetic biblical reasons for the coming war. Why, why will it come? And Ezekiel gives us these seven reasons that w this war is going to happen. Uh, you know, if you'd have talked about this stuff with any kind of uh, veracity back uh, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, people were saying, eh, that's a little far-fetched. We're not saying that anymore, are we? So at any rate, we'll pick back up here uh, next week and talk about some of these things as it relates to the coming war. Uh, and then that again is setting us up for America. Where's America in all of this? Because that war is instrumental. That war will happen in the Middle East, but it will have global impact that is unprecedented, okay? Uh, all right, let's just stop there. It's 7.05. Uh, do you have any questions about anything that we've uh, discussed tonight? All right. Is there anybody here, and you're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven, and you'd like to take care of that? Anyone at all say, I'd like to, I'd like to take care of that? Anybody here say, I, I know Christ, but I, I need a church home or church family. I'd like to join Ridgecrest. Well, thank you for being here tonight. Listen, if you've got an extra buck or two, uh, drop that in the uh, baskets on the way out, and we'll use that for benevolence. God bless you. I hope you have a good rest of the week, and I'll see you Sunday as we continue our series on Life in the Spirit.